Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Legacy Podcast. My name is Bill Dupenthaler. And I'm Mike Conan, and this is a podcast for disciples who want to make disciples. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Legacy Discipleship Podcast. I'm Mike Conan, and I'm here with Bill Dupenthaler, and we're doing this whole series on what would Jesus do. And this podcast is officially going to be our shortest podcast of all time. Right, Bill? <laughs> Really, there's not much to talk about in, in, this, in the topic today. <laughs> the podcast for today is, would Jesus get married? And we already have the answer, right, Bill? Yeah, well, I mean, we, <laughs> if, if what would Jesus do today, he, he'd do what he did back then. He was single. So anyway, thanks for being with us. No, just That's kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Because like we've talked about in this podcast, it there is uh, somewhere where we have to draw the line that says, okay, what would Jesus do can be different than what would Jesus have us do. Right. right. And we'll dig into that and what it looks like to be like Jesus and what it looks like to be like we're called to be. And because I can tell you with 100% certainty that Jesus does not want everyone in the world to be single. Right. I, I can tell you scripturally, 100%, just look at Genesis 1, starts right off with multiply, fill the earth. Okay. That's one of our main jobs. And right. so, uh, but it doesn't mean, and we'll talk about this, that God doesn't call us to singleness at times and for seasons, but also for lifetimes. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't mean that God doesn't want us to be married because he does want us to be married uh, for those of us that are, he's not called to singleness. And then we'll dig into that whole topic that is kind of a tough one and that's divorce. And so it seems like, you know, maybe if we're talking about what would Jesus do, the first topic we maybe should just tackle in this whole area is singleness. It's singleness, right. Right. When you think of singleness, what do you think of, Bill? Like, what what comes to mind? I think of losers, really. You know, just the... I'm kidding. <laughs> no, it, That was it, nice, Bill. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean... I, 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 and actually, I'm I, raising my hand there. Just so everybody knows, I was a loser until 27 then, if and, that's and, the case. Yeah, and I was till I was 26. And, and, and Jesus and, turns out to be a loser for his and, whole life. And too, in yeah. fact, I, you know, I'm totally <laughs> kidding. Like, I, But I think that might be a stereotype a little bit. Couldn't agree you more. Know? But like, I remember when I was single... We had we had a group of us that we called ourselves um, bachelors to the rapture, so so nice. like our goal was to stay single our whole lives because we loved being single and all that kind of stuff and and um, uh, and of course we all ended up getting married and, we, and it was it was a joke anyway but but uh, but still there's this this whole idea of of singleness is not a bad thing and when you when you start really looking in the scriptures I mean Jesus was single. Paul talked about, you know, the advantages of being single, and you can you can focus on ministry more, and and there's all kinds of advantages there, and and um, so singleness is not, from a practical standpoint and a biblical standpoint, it's not a bad thing at all. Well, I think that as the Apostle Paul is describing singleness in you know Corinthians, he's talking about this sense where, when you become married, you become divided. And, and you and I experienced that. We're married, and, and our wives experienced that, and that you now have this person that you have to care for, watch out for, nurture, honor, love, cherish, put your time and energy into as a priority and a calling from God. Right. And Jesus, uh, was that was not part of his script because right. he was fully and completely devoted to the glory of God and God's purposes in his life. And I think both of us would say that. If you're a Christian and you're single— God be with you, and how awesome Absolutely. is that? Uh, because you get an opportunity to live for the glory of God 100% of your life. And not that you can't do that in marriage, 
but you don't have the same challenges for ministry as a married person does where you're divided in your ministry. Yeah. And, um, but I would say this, if your singleness is like, you're talking bachelors of the rapture, cause we want to party. We want to get every adventure out. We want to do right. all this me, 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 awesome stuff. Then you know what? You are not living Christian single life. The Christian single life is dedicated to the glory of God. You're not, not a, necessarily a monk or nun, but you are devoted to the glory of God. It's not your life's never about you, whether you're single or married. Well, yeah, exactly. And I and I would say, no matter what stage in life you're at, in terms of your your uh, marital status, single, married, divorced, you always are continually giving that to the Lord. Yep. And and praying for the Lord to lead you and guide you. God, what do you want me? To, to be doing in my life in terms of uh, a, a relationship and and all that kind of thing. And Lord, I pray for my future spouse if if that is what you have in store for me. And I pray for my current spouse. And and I now that I'm in this situation of being divorced, I pray that you'd lead me to the, in the rest of my life how I'm supposed to live for you in this new situation now. So no matter what stage you're at, it's always giving it to the Lord. You know, I remember that prayer when I was single and praying, I prayed two things. Uh, one, that the person that I would marry would love him and and make me love him more. Yeah. And the second part, and this is kind of a weird one, but for a guy, I think it's really good, is to have somebody who I was attracted to and wanted to be with. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's, and my spouse turned out to be those two things in spades. So just super thankful. Um, okay, so let's shift gears here. Uh, and there's no real way to do this, but what do you think about the idea of if you're single giving marriage a test drive? You know, like you don't get, you don't actually get married, but you say you move in together and you want to make sure you're, you know, compatible and sexually compatible and all, all of those things. And, or you become roommates or, uh, in, in all honesty, do you think Jesus would shack up with somebody today? Like, is that possible? Or what, what, what's your thoughts on all that craziness that is happening everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and well, and, and, and like we, we chatted about um, uh, just before starting recording, I mean, we don't want to sound like two grumpy old men that, you know, right, for well, sure. back in my day, we never would have done what, you know, yeah, that kind nice. of thing. I like that voice. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's the way I talk normally. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a, it, it is a really difficult question because uh, when you when you want to look at this question of well what about living together um, and and whether it's from a practical standpoint like it's financially it's way cheaper hey we're gonna get married probably anyway uh, and and uh, we want to know whether we're compatible or not and so when you, when you, when you look at it like from a sort of a humanistic practical standpoint it, a, a lot of that kind of makes sense the problem is, uh, this this podcast is all about um, being disciples who want to make disciples. If if you want your life to honor the Lord, then you need to rethink a lot of times what's just practical and makes sense from a humanistic standpoint. Yeah, what the culture's saying. Yeah, what the culture's saying. You know, the culture might say a lot of things are okay, and and maybe it even makes sense. You know, why not? You know, what we're going to talk about money next week. Why not? You know, if, if you can get away with it, why not cheat on your taxes a little bit, or why not 
whatever it might be. So, so from, from a standpoint of practicality, yeah, absolutely. Test drive the car, find out whether you're compatible, you know, live together. It makes sense. Everybody's doing it. But from a, from a standpoint of a follower of Jesus, um, I mean, the Bible could not be more clear about saving uh, sex until you're, you're married. Well, and one of the things that's really interesting is there are statistical correlations. If you want to just take it from the practical side, where if you don't live together uh, before your marriage, there actually is a much higher chance that you will not get divorced. Interesting. And so yeah. it's pretty fascinating that the way people think, and, and that could largely be a reflection on the, the person's commitment to Christ too. You know, so you, right. there's a lot of factors involved. So you got to be a little, you know, careful. Most of the people that we know that are fully devoted to the Lord are not living together before they're married. They certainly some do, and we're not judging people. But the people we know that are fully devoted to the Lord tend to not do that. And so they're obviously going to have a, a head start in marriage anyway, if the Lord's working in the middle of it. So we didn't really want to talk about that too much anyway. This is not a podcast of what you shouldn't do. So let's talk about marriage. What are the joys of marriage? Well, yeah, and what's the what good was, part of it? Yeah, well, yeah, because the, the, that's what I was going to say is, well, you could you could try to make a case for living together. Well, we see so many divorces and all that kind of stuff, but rather than make that case, you know, or try to defend against that, let's talk about why marriage is so great. Yeah, and and, and I mean, and both you and I have had the the privilege of marrying a lot of people, and I I love sitting across from from a, a young couple performing marriage ceremonies with a lot of people we we yeah. we've only married one both of us yes that's true i'm still married to my first wife and so are you and uh, my only wife yes thank yes you. and 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 uh uh that was a joke my first wife you know oh that was a joke that thanks was a joke for, right okay. yeah, yeah thanks we, for explaining yes just wrote it but uh, no we've both had a chance to perform to be the officiant uh, in many weddings <laughs> yeah. and and uh and and to and to counsel couples before they're getting married and and i love sitting across from from couples and talking about you know what we're talking about right now how great it is to be married and and why it's such a wonderful thing to to wait until you're married to have sex and 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 what an and what an amazing thing it is to um uh, have as 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 Joe, our producer, said what he's looking forward to when he's married is having this this person that he comes home to every night, who is his biggest fan, who just thinks he's awesome and 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 loves being together and all that kind of stuff. That's that's so awesome. Yeah, it's such a great thing. Yeah, it's good. Well. So many things we could say about it. I mean, but let's let's again, like we try to do with all this stuff. Let's let's look at how Jesus looked at it. You know, what's the first thing Jesus? You know, people say, "Oh, Jesus didn't talk about marriage." He 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 talked about it when it was needed, and he didn't. There aren't paragraphs on marriage in the Bible. In fact, there's really not a lot on marriage, but there's enough there that is very clear that we can't get around it too much. Jesus had this line where he said, "What God has brought together, let no." Uh, person separate we'll talk about divorce but no one put asunder well if you're a, yes an old english king james <laughs> person yes um but the idea is that god uh in in some of his providential ways does bring man and woman together uh, and now neither of us are big believers that you can just sit on your hands and wait for that phone to ring and there are our part in the process but god works as we work yeah and and so uh, but Jesus says it so clearly that 
God is the one who has brought this man and this woman together. And we look at it, both of us do, is marriage is a covenant uh, in the presence of God and in the purposes of God with God between the man and the woman, where God works in the marriage uh, as men and women are committed to that marriage. And a covenant means it's promised. It's a promise that people enter into. It's a for life promise, in fact, Every single one of us takes vows uh, to that end, at least if we're married in the U.S. Yeah. Even if you go to the courthouse, you take vows. Uh, at least it last, uh, they used to anyway. I, I, I don't know in the last few years if things have changed because things have changed. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, they, and they, I don't know about the courthouse. To, there works, used to be but... even vows required in the courthouse to, to get married. Yeah. And, and so it's this idea that there, this is a very serious moment because uh, you've made a promise before God that you are going to be... Uh, with this person, you know, yeah. What else stands out to you about marriage? The great stuff. I mean, it's pretty well, awesome. W- well, this this idea of of God bringing two people together. Uh, we talk about divine appointments all the time. Yeah, and and um, man, I, like I can certainly say for myself, uh, and and for you, and and so many people that I know that you know, it's it's kind of a joke. Like, boy, you really married up, but oh my gosh, you know, I know a lot of people, and I'll certainly speak for myself. I married up. And, For sure, and 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 the the woman that I married, and you guys that know Jody, I mean, it's like I'm so blessed and so grateful to be, and I know you, you're the exact same way with Michelle. Yeah, you, you know that that um, it's it's the most incredible thing to have this this woman who is like this, and again, is there only one person out there for you in the whole world? I don't know about that, but I certainly know that God brought us together, and we're we're way better off together than we are individually. Well, and that's what we see as the beginning when it, it talks about the foundation for marriage is a complementary nature of it. Yeah. Where you have one who uh, tends to be more masculine, one who tends to be more feminine. And in some ways, uh, I love the idea when it talks about the image of God being put forth in chapter one, that humans are made in the image of God. Chapter this, one of Genesis. Genesis. Well, chapter one of the Bible. Um, but well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And the, uh, but the idea that when we are created in the image of God, uh, we together as male and female form a greater image of God than we do separate. And I think this is one of the things that really stirred with me and stuck with me is, uh, I don't have necessarily the full image of God. Um, but when I'm with my wife, we have a greater representation of the full image of God because God is not just masculine. God is masculine and feminine. And I have testosterone. She has estrogen. And when, this isn't a topic on any of the tea stuff and all that. We're not, we're not getting into that. But there's this beauty of marriage where you come together and you have the masculine, you have the feminine, and it is this bond that happens. Uh, and in some ways, it's much, much, much more challenging because you have somebody who's way different than you who compliments you, uh, and you have some areas of agreement, but I think all of us know over time, if you're married and you're in a healthy marriage, your wife or your husband is a lot different than you are. Yeah. A lot different. And by God's design. Yeah. Right. Well, we, Jody and I joke all the time. In fact, even, even this morning, um, uh, it's just one of the little things that we say to each other. Uh, but, uh, I don't know where we first heard it, but it's, uh, this little prayer, 
Lord, help me to endure my blessings. <laughs> and, and so just like this morning, you know, uh, ah, never mind. I won't tell you the specific thing that happened, but, but, uh, but I, it, so like we, we do this thing with each other and, 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 and it's, it's in fun, but, I, but like Jody did something this morning, you know, it wasn't a big deal at all, but I just, Lord, help me to endure my blessings. I say it just loud enough for her to hear it. She's like, what? And, and. I must be a real burden for you. And I've said, no, honey, like 98% of the time you're a blessing. And it's only like 2% of the time that I have to pray for endurance. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> By the way, if you are single, do not follow that advice. Never tell your wife that. That's not going to end well for you. <laughs> you can do it after 35 years. It's okay. Yeah. But, uh, but no, you know, but, but it is, it is a real, um, it's a process of learning to, to, coexist with a person that is very, very different and wired very different and thinks different and was brought up different. And now you're one. And it's coexisting is a great word, but it's even more than that. I mean, you have to love, honor, respect, cherish all those things that you put in our vows with that person. So you can't, you don't just find a way to make it work. You have to find a way to make it awesome. Right. 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 And, and find a way to have her feel cherished and love. It is the ultimate unity only happens as we know what we want. And then each of us is moving towards what we want. Yeah. Like it doesn't work any other way. You have to be able to communicate with each other what you want. And then you have to be willing to set aside your will to move in the same direction. And then both of you have to make sacrifices. Yeah. Both of you have to. And, and marriage is hard. And Ken Nair has this book called Discovering the Mind of a Woman. And I don't, have you read that one? I haven't. Anyway, it's a really uh, good book. And I didn't it, know that was possible. Well, that's part of the joke is that most <laughs> men, you know, are so logical that they uh, can't even understand their wives, supposedly. Right. But in the book, he kind of describes how women are. And boy, I tell you, it's, it was really helpful. But in there, one of the things he talks about is... Believe it or not, God's purpose for marriage is not your happiness. And that's kind of a shocker for a lot of guys when they're starting off, especially. I think women maybe get that a little better, but they probably don't either. Uh, but God's purpose for your marriage is your holiness. God's purpose for your marriage is to make you more like Christ. It is a sanctification tool, not a pleasure tool. Yeah. And there are pleasures that come from it. Don't get me wrong. But God's purpose in all of it is like his purpose in everything to make you more like Christ. And so as we are with our wives and as our wives are with us, the idea is that as we complement each other, and my wife, my dad used to have this line that said, he had the last word in every argument. Yes, dear. And I will tell you, that was some of the best advice that I was given. And the reason it was the best advice, because my wife is almost always right. Uh, about anything that she is willing to confront me on, which isn't a lot because she doesn't nitpicky, but if she's willing to confront me on it, almost always she's right. Yeah. And, well, people say, you know, yeah. Do, do you do you ever you know heard the voice of the Lord? You know, and I say absolutely. It sounds exactly like my wife. That's a hundred percent true. You know, and it so often is true. Yeah. You know, but one of the other things I was going to say along these lines. Uh, and, and you've used this analogy a million times too, but, but when two people get married and then they be like, it's like a triangle, the closer they get to each other, the closer they get to Jesus, Jesus at the top of the triangle, you know, um, do you mean it the other way around the closer they get to Jesus, the closer they get to each other? Both. Both. It, it, I see what you did. It there. happens both, both and as, as you, as you, as you put your, your, 
your faith and, and, and have Jesus in the center of your relationship, as you, as you draw closer to Jesus, like a triangle, you draw closer to each other. But it's also true, as you draw closer to each other, you draw closer to Jesus. But, um, mm. but I was going to say, so one of the, like what makes marriage great, and what the, kind of the question we were discussing currently, is like my wife Jody pushes me to be better, better is the wrong word, uh, closer to Jesus. She pushes me to be closer to Jesus. She's the one that, 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 you know, like in, in the morning, sometimes she'll say, Bill, get off your phone, you know, and like your Bible's sitting right there. What are you doing? I can hear Jody saying that. By the oh way. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, uh, and, and, and we, we try to, to, uh, pray together every day. We don't, we don't accomplish it every day, but we, but we pray together a lot, uh, you know, a lot of mornings and we, and we, and we try to push each other to, you know, to be, uh, walking with Christ and all that kind of stuff. And, and she's my closest person in the world, not just in terms of my closest friend, my closest ally, but my closest person in Christ. Well, and you know, it does, marriage does require work though. Yeah. And, and I think that the, it's not easy. It requires work, but like you said, Bill, the rewards are so great because all of us who are Christians. The deepest part of us, we want to be closely communicating with each other, and especially we want to be close with the Lord. And so, when God gives us this tool of a spouse who is there to point out, in some ways areas of our lives that need to be moving towards the Lord. Now, we want to also be clear, that, or maybe not clear, let me just put it this way. One of my favorite lines is from Beth Moore, and she talks about the idea of a woman submitting to her husband, okay? And this is not what this podcast is on, but uh, I thought it was one of the best lines ever. And she said uh, the whole idea of submission in her mind is learning to duck so that God can smack your husband, and I just love that line. And my wife is really good at that in the sense of, you know, she isn't nitpicking me to make me more like Christ. She's not always on me and that type of thing. Because I wouldn't respond well to that. And you wouldn't either. Um, but she has a way of, of, of seeing the situation, knowing where I need to go to, and praying and letting the Lord smack me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and so there's a lot of different ways that this happens. But it does happen in partnership. And it's pretty awesome when it's going well. Yeah, but it's hard. So let's it talk about hard. it. It is hard. Yeah, what makes it hard? Yeah, well, yeah. So let's. So I guess if if marriage is so great, then why are there so many divorces? And and um, there are a lot of reasons for that. But the bottom line is, marriage is difficult. And I, I think one of the one of the most difficult parts of marriage is is uh, communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, man, I just can't tell you. And and you've you've known just as many people as I have over the years who have either struggled in their marriage or, or have ended up getting divorced that, that it's like, like, yeah, we don't really talk that much or, or, or why we don't really talk about, you know, that kind of stuff. And, 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 um, these marriages that start off so great, they, they end up, uh, losing touch with each other. They don't, they don't, they don't connect, uh, emotionally, they don't connect spiritually. They they stop doing fun stuff together, they, and and their marriage becomes um, more of just a roommate kind of a situation, and and just becomes functional. Parenting um, partners, they yeah. become parenting partners a yeah. lot of times. Yeah, yeah. He, and that's what we have. Um, so we we have four kids. You have three kids, you know, and so it is a challenge. Once you have kids, 
it puts a big challenge on your marriage. And yeah. I, I, especially for moms, I think they feel that connection with the kids so strongly. It's hard to, you know, keep a husband as your priority. And, and, and it's, I don't know if it's impossible, but it is very, very difficult. I think men have a little bit less challenge with that, but we have our challenges too. But if you, uh, as your kids come into the program, it does make it more challenging to communicate. It does make it more challenging to get on the same page. It does make it more challenging to connect with just your spouse because we end up, you know, doing our kids stuff. And then sometimes with four kids, we're tag teaming. One's going to one place and one goes to the other. We had a great time this weekend. We were away, both of us, and sitting next to each other, talking slash just sitting next to each other was great. Yeah. It was a, we don't get that very often. Uh, we do get time together, but when our we usually have so many kids going so many different directions that we're at, like a typical family. Yeah. I think, you know, and so it is challenging. And, and we could talk about, and, 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 and we're not going to, you know, dive into any of this stuff because, you know, we're already almost running out of time. We, we, we want to talk about divorce just a little bit, but uh, there's just so many things, there's so many challenges, whether it's finances or, or, or when there are difficult circumstances, maybe there's a death in the family or somebody loses their job or, or something really difficult happens with one of the kids. And, and, um, and man, even in the best of circumstances, marriage is challenging. And, um, and then when there's other stuff going on, uh, on top of that, it just becomes very, very difficult. Well, the four sources of conflict, according to a, a lot of studies, are um, in order, maybe not, but just in general, kids, like you said, money, in-laws, and the last one being sex. And uh, I heard it once described that... Um, Men are like microwaves. Women are like crockpots. I also, in that book, Henry Nair, when he talks about discovering the mind of a woman, he has this line in this paragraph in there that women have no sex drive compared to a man and what a man's sex drive is like. And so you get two people with completely different drives in that area, and it really creates challenges, too, that you have to work through and you have to figure your way through. Kids, finances, sex, uh, all of the in-laws and all the tension that comes uh, there's definitely a lot of, of challenging. Uh, and so what can happen, though, over time is that you can uh, find yourself withdrawing from one another. Yeah, You can lose that emotional and spiritual connection. And sometimes then you find yourself struggling with anger and bitterness. Or you might find yourself struggling with shame and guilt. Or, or if you don't get your way, then you're really, you know looking for a reason and whatever the, the end result is. And, and this is what Bill and I were talking about before the last uh, podcast, because we were talking about doing this on marriage and divorce and we were talking about divorce and he, you'd mentioned something about the cause of divorce. I said, no, the, the cause of divorce is always the same. Uh, the cause of divorce is almost always the same. And it's that loss of that emotional connection. Yeah. And, and that is how we get into trouble. And when we lose that emotional spiritual, like you said, Bill connection, that's when we start opening the doorway for divorce. And you and I have seen this pattern dozens of times and with people that we dearly, dearly love. I've had elders in the church. I've had close friends. Uh, I've had people, um, now I've, I've only had one uh, couple that I married get divorced to this point. Praise God. I don't even know how that's happened, but it, it could be too, and I'm not aware of it. But uh, And so, but have been through that. And every single time it starts the same way. Uh, we just weren't connecting is the word that's used. And then so-and-so I connected with her, uh, 
on this situation at work in the carpool at a when the team parents got together there's i can talk yeah. to her i can share a life with her and i'm talking about the guys projects that's how i usually work with but women it's the same thing if not more when they connect with somebody else uh, one of the guys from Focus on the Family says, if a guy ever says he wants to get a divorce, almost always it means that he's got somebody new or he's got his eye on somebody new uh, that he's connected with. Yeah, that makes sense. And so it's 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 challenging. And so let's talk about it. Divorce. What do you think? Well, see, again, it's one of those things, um, and, I, and I've said this numerous times to people, um, the Bible's clear that 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 God hates divorce, and and when you get married, it's it's for life, it's a covenant, and all those kinds of things. And there's only uh, a couple of very specific circumstances where the Bible would would say, okay, then divorce is okay, you know. But um, but from a humanistic standpoint, oh my gosh, there's so many times when when you know my theology gets in the way of what I think is the practical thing for that, for that couple. And, and, and even though I hate divorce, I don't want them to get divorced. I beg them not to get divorced. We pray that God would reconcile whatever's going on. They end up getting divorced. And then you you look at, you know, your friend five years later and he's remarried and has this great marriage. And, and, and you're like, Oh my gosh, that divorce was the best thing that ever could have happened from a human standpoint, but it still doesn't change the fact that, that, that God hates divorce. So it's just such a challenging topic. I I have to say, I, this is just a tough one for me. It is a tough one. I, my parents were not divorced. I mean, we, and I, they were not abusive and, and with each other. And for those of you that are new to this, there are two things. And we'll just say them real quick. You know, one of them is adultery. You know, if your spouse has committed adultery, sometimes you just can't get come back from that in all honesty. And, and, and the God gives provision for that. And the, the actual thought of it is actually, you can get divorced. It's just whether you can remarry is the question after you get divorced. You can get divorced for any reason. I mean, honestly, I mean, God still hates Biblically. it. Yeah, but God still hates it. Yeah. Uh, but you could get divorced for almost any reason. It's whether you could get remarried, just how the scripture addresses it, you know? And, and then the other one is abandonment, you know, and if, say, if your spouse leaves you, I mean, then you could remarry or, and I include in there, and this is how most theologians do it too, I think is, you know, if your spouse has emotionally abandoned you, like if you're in an abusive relationship, uh, I think that that's a great example of abandonment of a different kind. And, right. and I think that there's a lot more for that. So there are ways that we know we could stand with you when you're getting a divorce to say, this is, we know this is a biblical uh, reason to get divorced. Yeah. Um, and like you said, the, the hard part is though, is when you, um, and, and divorce is, we, we've both seen it. I mean, doing youth ministry for so long, both of us, uh, and loving kids for so long, we have seen the effects of divorce on a family. You can't undo them. Right. Anybody who says, oh no, the kids will be better off. We get divorced. It's a lie. Unless you're in a very abusive situation and it does happen. I mean, we want to be, but that's rare. Uh, when we're talking about divorce and, and it is never better for the kids if you're in a non-abusive situation, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is, it is so difficult. And I guess um, just to wrap up this discussion, because again, we could talk for hours about all this stuff, yeah. but, but um, I guess the, 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 the final question for today anyway, is um, how do we as followers of Jesus, as disciples, how do we treat people who are, divorced and, 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 you know, right. and, and how do we 
love them and and allow them to continue on in in their walk with Christ and in their life. Well, yeah, let's just say a third of the population is divorced. Maybe right. it's a quarter, maybe it's a third of the population is divorced. Right. Are you going to put a letter on all of them? Tell them, no, Jesus isn't for you. Like, there's no forgiveness for you. There's no restoration for you. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. What's your thoughts on it, Bill? Well, I mean, the way I look at it is 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 the same way I would look at, at somebody that has um, had any uh sin in their life and 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 I would my personal view is that that we are able to be forgiven and restored and and is it possible for a person that's divorced to to still love Jesus and to yes. still be used by God in ministry and all those kind of things absolutely yeah. absolutely and and um and far be it from from me or any of us to judge anybody uh, and point the finger at somebody, and you know we talked about the woman caught in adultery last week, and the the wisest among the the group dropped the stone first because like far be it for me to throw the first stone because I've got plenty of sin in my own life, and I, I'm not going to judge anybody else. Yeah, I think that's a tough one. I mean, it is a tough <laughs> one. Didn't how do you hold people to God's standard? And, and without judging them, because that, that isn't our role. It isn't our role to condemn people or right. to necessarily bless people. But we we should be able to find a way where we can communicate with people and say, brother, sister, this should be the absolute last possible resort. Yeah. You know, and I guess I was thinking more, it's, it's already done. It's after the fact. Right. Well, and here's an interesting, I'll just end on this freebie. <clears throat> With divorce, in Deuteronomy, it actually says, once you've been divorced and one of you has been remarried, you're not allowed to go back and remarry your spouse again. Most people don't even know that's in the Bible. Pretty crazy, right? That is. I, I didn't know that was in the Bible either. That's yeah, so a little the, freebie for me. Thanks. But, but the idea being that, again, it's this covenant for life. And so right. if you've made a new covenant with somebody, you can't be holding on feelings to the old one. I can go back to that. And that's what they're... Basically, you know, the idea was is, no, if you've got anything that's holding you back, you shouldn't yeah. hold you back. So anyway, let's let's wind this down. I'll wind it down by saying this. Marriage is awesome. We both think marriage is great. And it grieves us, both of us, that because of our generation, your generation, my generation, we're in a slightly different generation, the boomers and then the Gen Xers, because our generation blew through a divorce and now there's kids growing up uh, who are my kids, your kids who've seen uh, divorce so prevalent uh, that they are hesitating to get married. Yeah. And it breaks our heart because we found so much joy in marriage, so much godliness in marriage and to see it as such a God's plan. And we also would like to honor those who are called to singleness and say, we're so thankful for you and that call in your life. And, yeah. and if I could give one piece of advice to end this, I would be this to my own kids. I would say, if you're single, don't put things in your life that are inhibiting you from getting married. In other words, don't get addicted to pornography, which becomes a marriage substitute. Um, instead, make it a priority to date, make it a priority to be friends with women, make it a priority to be proactively yep putting yourself in situations where you can get to know some of the opposite sex and see what the Lord does um, because you will find delight and joy there. Even though it's more challenging, more difficult to be with somebody who's different than you, 
it's what God would have for you. And yeah. I would want that more than anything for you if you're not called to singleness. I fear that so many people have gone the other way that they uh, are thinking singleness is is where it's at. And where when we grew up, marriage was where it's at. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I'll leave it at that. Well, uh, we hope that this has been uh, uh, encouraging for you, <laughs> this, this conversation. Yeah. And, and we hope it's been challenging. Uh, and and uh, I, I hope also that, it, that it's given you hope. And, and maybe as, you're, as, you, as you were listening to this, you're thinking, wow, now there's two guys that have been married for a long, long time. Uh, and, and they're saying, yeah, it's well worth it. And, Amen. And, and, and yet if you're single... You know, we honor that, but I guess just we put the Lord first, no matter what. This is a discipleship podcast. Yeah. We 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 honor the Lord. We 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 follow Him, and so so we're we're just grateful that you you know that you take the time to listen to us. Uh, if you do enjoy this podcast, please do. Uh, Help us out. Help us to get the word out. Uh, like, subscribe, share it, uh, and and um, if you enjoy our our legacy ministry, we we'd love to have you get more involved. Uh, go to ourtruelegacy.com, our website, and and there's all kinds of ways that you can get involved. And and no matter where you live, I mean, we live in the Pacific Northwest, but but if you'd like to see an uh, uh, our true legacy ministry in your town. Uh, ask us about it and we can, we can talk about how we can get some of this kind of stuff going in your town as well. So anyways, thanks you guys. We love you and let's continue to be disciples who make disciples. Amen. Amen.